Mr. Pop. The beep garbage trains can go on beep, 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 and beep, 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 beep. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Let's do it with the famous last words that he said, or in this case, the famous first words that he said. Hello and welcome to Rock and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier. With me as always, in no particular order, not age, not beauty, not uh, monetary value to society, not not anything really, just Mark Fine and Brian Mannix. Hello, Finey. Oh, we're going into sending height order. Right. Oh, daddy! <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> the gloves are off early. Hello, Finey. Now, Finey, uh, Lenny's with extended hours there in North Caulfield now, I believe. Yeah, well, I'm trying to, you know, rake in, <laughs> just get the stragglers <laughs> through the door. Well, no, because your mindset is different. Uh, my mindset for yeah, eating definitely. is different. Everything about uh, everything I do during the day now, and Brian, you won't relate to this at all because you're in stupid Queensland, um, but everything mm. I do is different. Like you get up in the morning and you feel differently about what time you eat, and in the afternoon, I never know when it's bloody lunchtime anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, no one's having dinner now at 6.30, at no. 7.30, whatever. So yeah. you've got to be there for the, you know <laughs> – the desperate last, you know, got to get some butter, got to yeah. get some this or that, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hello, Mr. Mannix. Bonjour. And um, I loved your uh, intro, Kev. Um, let's do it. Um, <laughs> my mate Pio, that's how he meets girls. He just walks up and says, let's do it. It doesn't work, but um, it seemed to work for us tonight. So oh, well nobody done. does that. Nobody walks up to a girl. I've got a – mind you, I've got a story for you later on, and I'll tell you that you'll blow your mind. Uh, you're gone. Well, nobody – he well, doesn't do that really. I'll tell you. I'll tell you all about my mate Pio's dating efforts um, in tonight's episode, but, um, right. yeah, it's uh, something to look forward to. Well, I'm going to go first with how my week was. I had a, a, a most unusual experience in the supermarket this week. Never mm. happened to me before, and I know it will never happen to me again. It is the one and only time it will ever happen to me in my life, so I'm going to share it so you can get stuff <laughs> like it or lump it. I'm in the supermarket. I'm dagging around like I always do in a, you know, a, a top and a pair of tracksuit pants and uh, just me beetling around getting my stuff. Uh, I was having a particularly good day because, as you would know, Finey, there's been lots of um, food challenges in terms of actually being able to get certain lines at the supermarket because of uh, uh, the floods um, and a whole lot of other supply chain issues and staff shortage issues. But you go to your frozen food section of your supermarket. And it's bloody near empty. There's nothing in yep. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, to, like potato chips, I like crinkle cup potato chips. Um, and you know, my son eats the shoestring ones. And that you haven't been able to buy them. You can't buy hash browns. You can't buy potato chips. So, hang on. You can't buy hang peas on. and corn. You went, you went, you went to the frozen food department, and you couldn't find any potato chips. That's a disgrace. Chips, you know, not potato. You know what I mean? Oh no, Chip, okay. Chippy, 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 you know. chippies. Salt vinegar. Chips. Yeah, no, no, no. They're next. They're the next one to go. Wait till wait till they start being in short supply. Then people will be going off their tree. But you haven't been able to buy. Them. So I had a little victory because I actually got proper chips. So I've got I've got you know my, my 
supermarket trolley's all full, and I get to the thing, and, and of course, because of staff shortages, there's no bloody people on checkouts. So you've got to go through the self-serve, and I hate doing that. So I've gone the self-serve, I'm standing the self-serve, so I'm not all that happy about that. Next minute, this quite attractive, well-dressed woman comes and stands next to me in the uh, waiting to get into the, the self-serve area and looks at me, and I just sort of nod my head, and she goes, I don't know if anyone's told you this today, but you're a very good-looking man. You had the banana <laughs> under your trolley, didn't you? And I looked at her and went, thank you. That's very nice Take of you. It. Enjoy it. That's a wonderful thing. And then walked around to, I got waved in then by the girl behind the counter, walked in and started and bagged my thing over and walked out. And I, I must admit, I, I don't know whether it was a scam or whether it was what it was, but for that uh, minute or so, and I wasn't, in, I'm not in the least bit interested in anyone else except my wife, but that made me feel bloody terrific. Kev, well, Kev. Yes. She wanted your crinkle cut chip. <laughs> I did discuss that with Sarah when I got home. I said, there's a woman hit on me at the supermarket, and she said, what, what, what? And I said, well, I think she wanted my crinkle cut chips and my hash browns. I don't think she was after me. Um, it remi- you know, it reminds me of it. I love Rodney Dangerfield. Yes, so do I. And there's a bit he does. He goes, I'm telling you, I'm no good with women. No good at all, I tell you. I was in Paris, France, and I was at a bar on my own, lonely. This beautiful French woman sits down next to me and said, where are you from? I said, I'm from the States. She said, oh, Americans make the best lovers. And then she said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a stand-up comedian. She says, oh, my God, comedians make even the better lovers than Americans. And then she said, how old are you? I said, I'm 68 years old. She said, oh, my God, men over 65 are the most sublime lovers of all. I told her to get lost. I figured I was too good for her. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was... Did you tell this one to get lost? <laughs> well, I just I just went on with my business. She went to the thing next to me and, and got her a couple of groceries and nicked off, and that was, the, that was the last probably I'll ever see of the woman in my life. But it just for that split second, it, it was it was a very nice thing for someone to say to me, and I, I, I did enjoy it. I must admit, it and doesn't hurt to give anybody a compliment. What you got to have the man, Kevin? You shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but you got to be I'm, this day and age. You got to be careful what you say, what you look at, what you do, and all those things. Now you just you can't be doing that anymore. Do you want to hear something interesting on that score? Yeah, Natalie's. Her, her rotator cuff, bad injury. Oh, yeah. What did you do, you filthy animal? <laughs> I, I bowled her into the wind. <laughs> oh, that's the, uh, oh, that's debilitating, that one. Yeah, yeah, because it's hard to sleep on, yep. etc. Anyhow, so she's got physio every Monday. And when she went to the physio last week for the first time, he pulled out uh, uh, one of those sort of skeletons Thank God it was just that. <laughs> Finey's pausing is just killing me, I'm telling you. He pulled that up. I'll do it. I thought, you know, I know what he pulled out. This is not good. Yeah, so he pulled out one of those skeletons yeah. and he pointed to it and he said, I'll be um, working your this area. This pointed very specifically to like outside of the shoulder or whatever, you know, the around there or and he said he has to do it with all clients because before he he um does any therapy on 
people by using his hands, he has to make it very clear what part of the body he'll be touching. Right. And get their consent. Oh, really? So I said, we'll be working this area, this area. Are you comfortable that I do that? Wow. That's, Did uh... he ring you and ask you whether you were comfortable <laughs> whether he does that? No, Nat said, well, keep going. It's going to be an interesting next time I go to my proctologist. Uh, I'm not sure. Now, Kev, here's the skeleton. I'm going to be uh, working in this area. Terrible job, proctologist. I've uh, told you that before, haven't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you start at the bottom. You start at the bottom and you stay there. <laughs> I think this doctor, you know, he's he's hired a skeleton for freaking Halloween, and he's gone. Oh, we'll this out, get me money's worth, so I don't have to have to claim it as a tax deduction. What a tight ass. Anyway, <laughs> well, that, no, that go. that the proctologist. Yeah, as long as he fixes um, <laughs> Nat's shoulder, that'll be that's the that's well, the most important thing. If you're a tight ass, you'll fix it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of work to do there. Hmm. Not a lot of work to do there yeah. at all. Now, now uh, well, Brian, the, the highlight of your week before we get stuck into your mate's well, dating habits. It's, 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 oh, my highlight of my week has been my mate's dating habits. Oh, right. Eh? Um, oh, look, it's a whole new world to me. But um, the um, my mate Pio, and he he's a real alpha male. I think he's old oh, man. He's, he's uh, played in the 1951 Essendon Grand Final with Bill Hutchins and Dick Reynolds and all of them. He's a very, very good footballer. Okay. But anyway, P.O. is the last of the old school Australians. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, my f- yeah. And, you know, he often comes to me and he'll say something like, oh, man, I f- you should have been there last night. They f***ing Sheila's from f***ing Channel 7, mate. Oh, they all f***ing on it. They wanted it. Oh, f- and I go, right on. And I've been out with him a couple of times when he's trying to pull a chick and he just stares all around the room and he's just wandering. And I go, what the f*** are you doing? <laughs> he said, go over here by the bar and we're having a better time than everybody else and any chick that wants to f*** you will find you. <laughs> but do not look desperate and wander around the room. So anyway, he had a date on Bumble. And, you know, she looked like she looked like a pretty good sort. He, he seeks my advice, and I said, "Well, first up, she's not going to look as good as she does in the photo. Everybody oh. puts their best photo on, so prepare to be a little bit disappointed with her appearance." And he goes, "Yeah, but what do I do? Yeah, you know, what do you do?" I said, "Ask her about herself, and you know, listen. Oh, what should I ask her?" I wrote down all these questions, you know, what do you do for a living? What does that involve? Do you like it? Have you been overseas? What's your favourite place? Do you have siblings? And anyway, he gave me this report back after the date. Um, she's been, she likes uh, Paris. She's been here today. She's got a brother and a sister. It's like he just read the whole thing off my, my script. <laughs> so that's okay. Anyway, I, I, I just got curious and I thought, well, what have you got on your on your thing? What's your profile say? And, and he goes, oh, well, what do you mean? And I said, um, you know, what are your interests? And he goes, art. Art. I said, uh, and I said, art. I said, name me one artist. And he couldn't, you know. And I said, you don't like art. You know, you've got to be able to say Monet or Jackson Pollock or something. You know, you, you're sure he said art. 
You saw he said art and not art. <laughs> well, he that would have been a more arts. accurate. That would have been a more accurate description. Uh, so I said, no, you are not into art. And then I said, what else you got there? He goes, writing. I said, writing. What have you ever written? Oh, nothing. But I kind of like it. It's like, no, you're not into writing. So me and Lucky feel like the rewrite his whole freaking bio. Oh, God, there's that, a dangerous precedent for the world. Well, no, we ended up with, you know, what he's into is family, friends and laughter. And he's gone from one chick wanting to have a date with him every two weeks. He had eight. So well done, <laughs> me and Lucky <laughs> Phil. You know, and bad luck for the girls once they meet him. But um and my other mate, Ali. <laughs> oh, that's not very nice, Brian. That's, that's my other mate, Ali. That's very uncharitable. I asked, him, I, asked him, I asked him about his profile, and how's this for the this is this is the worst. He said, the first thing he says is, "I am funny, I am quirky." I said, "No, you're not." <laughs> I just said, "No, you're the least funny of all of us. You're efficient. You're clean. You're organised, but you're not funny." No. So anyway, I just felt it really interesting to see how people assess their qualities. You know, I feel I'm pretty good at assessing my best qualities and my worst, and I'm well aware of my worst. But, you know, these guys are totally delusional. I'm into art. I'm funny. Oh, f*** off. <laughs> anyway, I, but, but I, I feel like I'm hogging too much time, but no. the best part is, because I know Pio's so freaking desperate, right? And we said, oh, this, this could be good. Casey, my daughter, took a photo of me, in, you know, on those apps and turned me into a girl. And I looked smoking hot, to be honest. So anyway, we get Phil's wife, Becky, to ring up Pio because he drives people to and from the airport occasionally. She's, can you pick up my two girlfriends? So she's got one of her real girlfriends and then she's got this picture of me all done up like looking like a girl. And he's like, oh, f and then, you know, because you're going to identify them. And then, you know, we've, we've got a little bit elaborate with the photos of me. We've got more of me, you know, like oh, I'm Crystal, I'm a ex-dancer and, um, you know, whatever. But, you know, now we've got my body, my boobs, the whole thing's out. It's all happening. But he spoke to Lucky Phil the other day. It's, it's still a, um, a shitster in progress. It hasn't resulted yet, but he saw Lucky Phil the other day and he goes, oh, f have you seen f***ing Becky's mates? And Phil goes, no, no I don't know what they look like. He goes, oh, f mate, you want to f***ing see them. So I just love the idea that we're going to make my alpha male mate oh fall in love God. with me. Oh, what a great way to spend the week. And what, so <laughs> what's, what's the crystal, an ex-dancer? Yeah, she's an ex-dancer. What's her last um, name, Meth? No, I, I don't know if we've given her the last name. Oh, but, okay. um, Meth. <laughs> but he was he was, she, he was was losing the vibe on her a little bit. Oh, God. So I sent her the message telling her What was that, it? What um, was it about her that he lost the vibe with? Her penis or um, just well, her general well, demeanour? It, it, it just seemed to like, lack a bit of interest. <laughs> so, I said, so I said to Becky, I said, I sent her a text and I said, Tell him that it's probably the right decision because she made that sex tape last year oh, and, um, you know, and she can be a little bit loose in the undies. Oh. Um, but she's no longer stripping. 
and we just leave that to sort of set and oh. see how that works out. But I just love the idea that down the track we go, didn't you pick that this was me? Uh. Yes. An idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're a catfish. I'm a catfish, absolutely. Is that what they call that? Is that what that means? Yeah, he's catfishing. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I'm only right. catfishing friends, so that's not too bad. Oh, that's okay then. Hey, um, All right. Finey, have you seen yep. this video that's around of Daniel Andrews, the Premier of Victoria, about to have a press conference moment in Caulfield? In your neck of the woods, yeah. um, where it's all set up, and there he's he's about to walk behind the podium and uh, stand behind the podium with the nodding dogs that you know sit behind yeah. him, the sycophantic uh, duo, and then as the camera crew's kind of panning around, a voice from outside the little sort of circle yeah. of of uh, you know doom yells out, "You're a disgrace." And then they pan the camera back and they follow it round and they show the bloke who's yelled at you're a disgrace. Yeah. Have you seen on social media who no. they're saying that bloke is? Who is it? Russell Gilbert. Really? They're saying it's Gilbo. Now, I've looked at the video about five or six times and I can't categorically say it is or it isn't because he's sort of – it's a little blurry and he's fair way back from the camera – but yep. it's the same. It's the there's a lot about the just at first looking um, that you would go, yeah, it could be, and and then everyone's piled on saying, you know, well, Gilbo hasn't been well, and blah 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 blah. But that's his neck of the woods, and um, he very well may have been walking around and spotted Dan Andrews and yelled that out. But I'd wondered whether you'd caught up with that. But no, I haven't. But I'll I'll follow it up. Have a Good look and him. have a look and see. Yes. <laughs> I'm all for heckling. And, and Gilbo, the only reason I don't reckon it's Russell is because he wouldn't have just done a one heckle. He wouldn't have done a one-line heckle. He would have had a follow-up line. Yeah, well. Because he would have waited for the when, – when Andrews looked down at the crowd and then looked around at the press people and said, oh, okay, I reckon Russell would have had a second one for him. He would have, he would have had a follow-up line knowing Russ. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, he just wouldn't have done it because he didn't like bagging people. Yeah. He thought it was professional suicide, so – but yeah. nowadays, who knows? Yeah. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah, but Maybe. Have, have, have a look. Now, our yeah. chart this week is November 18, 1977. Uh, just before we get stuck in the next bit, I'll give you the top ten. Top ten, so well, you went on. again. Yeah, well, hang on. Before you do that. Yes. So, you know, history was made this week. History? Oh, yeah. Bloody amazing. Where? Do you know the US Billboard Top 100 has been going since August the 4th, 1958? No, I didn't know the exact date. I knew that. Uh, that's 64 years, yeah? Yeah. For the first time in history, every song in the top ten is by the same artist. Oh, is this the Taylor Swift thing? Yep. So the Beatles never pretty, did that? No, pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. Pretty, pretty rigged. <laughs> you know, come on. You know, she released all the songs and the record company's done a big thing. Let's get this to happen. And, you know, this is manufactured. No, I don't buy it. Oh, I'm sure the people you know, have tried to manufacture it before. Yeah, I reckon they? They, I reckon they would have too, probably. Uh, I, I, don't I don't think anyone's ever would have com- I wouldn't have thought there's much competition nowadays. I just don't think anybody would be obnoxious enough to say, no, let's have – there's one artist in the entire top ten. Oh, do you reckon? You I know, don't like, reckon she did it for that. I just reckon she did it as a stunt, and that's that's a 
uh, you know, a, a result of the stunt. I, I wouldn't have thought but, you would have done it for that one. I mean, I couldn't name one Taylor Swift song, and I can tell you honestly, if Taylor, I mean, you'd recognise it because stars have star quality, but if Taylor Swift and three other famous singers walked, you know, walked into my bedroom tonight, I'd have one of them would say I was good looking. Otherwise, I'd, <laughs> otherwise I'd go get um, some. You need to have a trolley with crinkle cut chips yes, in it. Yes, but you know, I, 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 I could not even tell you what she looks like. Well, I was going to say if you if you line up the the big stars of recent times, Katy Perry, Pink, uh, Christina, whatever her name is, and Britney Spears, yeah, and, I, and I Taylor Swift, I, I know those. I know what they. I'm look the like. same as you. I don't know. I wouldn't know her by sight either. Okay. Do you, Brian? But that says more about us than anything. Yeah, probably. Just a, a little bit further investigation into this uh, bullshit top ten. <laughs> um, did did she have another track? You know, sitting at number twelve or fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, she's she's like Kieran Moore. She had to win the cup because she had no. so many runners. <laughs> I guess I guess what I'm asking is, did she just have ten songs came out and they all went to the top ten? Or did she have 15 songs on and 10 of them went to the top 10 and the other three are scattered over the top I think it was only 10, 40. wasn't it? It was 10 and 10 um, and it was – And that's what sucks. That's why you may, you know it's bullshit. Yeah, not released simultaneously. Whereas if when the Beatles had yeah. five singles in the in the top 10 in America, there were five singles released five di- on five different dates, probably about three weeks or maybe four, five, six weeks apart, and they and, were all still there. And America didn't release any of their records until I want to hold your hand. And when that was, they said, oh, shit, we'll play Love Me Do and all the uh, Please Please Me and all the ones that came before that. Yeah. You um, know what I'm starting to think, Brian? Mm-hmm. That you reckon the Beatles are better than Taylor Swift. Well, I'd probably rather <laughs> give Taylor Swift a root than Paul McCartney. But, um, yeah, I absolutely I do. I think she's a complete sellout. She started out as a country artist. Did she? Oh, God, I'm glad you said uh, that. And then she, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Thank those, you. Those, His those pause two little little letters, yes. that, Those two little letters, R and Y, yes. can save you from so much trouble. Yes. But, yeah, she was a country artist and then suddenly she gets a bit of success. I go, right, eh? Let's stick a bit of Beyonce up your ass and away you go. You know, let's start being sexy. And what I liked about it when she started, she was it's all about the singing and the the country and stuff. And then suddenly, oh, she's sexy and she's got somebody's song that's somebody's written. Nah, she can, you know, in a bullshit chart. Now that's bullshit. That's the radio station, the record company. They have fanged it to make that happen. Well, I, I'll and it's ask, not real. I'd simply ask a question that back in back in the day. Um, that to get songs into the chart, you actually had to – and I'm not saying that there wasn't a collusion and corruption going on then, but you actually had to sell physical copies of the song, whereas now it's a combination, isn't it, of streaming hits and downloads and all sorts of other shit. You don't actually physically sell anything anymore. No, no and, you know, the ARIA organisation, they you know started their own ARIA chart, so if I go and ship 50,000 of – Taylor Swift's album and nobody buys it and they have to take them all back, doesn't matter. I shipped 50,000, she just got a gold record, even yeah. though nobody bought it. Sale of and return. There used to, used to be a joke in the record companies where you'd ship platinum and come back or you'd ship gold and come back, uh, sale of return was platinum. Did more come back than went out. Well, you know, the X-Men, we didn't 
mind, you know, trying to help the chat. I rooted a few chat girls, and I know Maxie War did a great job of for us with the girl at Allen's at, uh, in Melbourne, and, you know, and it certainly did help. Um, so there you go. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the corruption scandal into the uncanny X-Men um, <laughs> chart, you know, chart positioning will be starting in about th- three days' time. Supreme Our records always charted first in Newcastle. Oh, what a great surprise. Oh, I took one for the team. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, now, back to where I was. Well, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to. <laughs> See, I was letting that hang, Finey. I, I was just letting everyone make their own assumption there. <laughs> it was good for the bands, you know. Right, oh, come on, baby, let's get it on. There uh, we go. Right, uh, now... Before Taylor Swift was introduced into this argument, we were at November 18, 1977, where the number 10 was So You Win Again by Hot Chocolate. Number 9 was Thunder in My Heart by our mate Leo Sayer. Number 8, Moody Blue by Elvis Presley. 7 was Dr. Love, Tina Charles. 6 was Ma Baker by Boney M. 5 was High and high, Higher and Higher by Rita Coolidge. Number 4, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, Graham Bonnet. 3, You're In My Heart, Rod Stewart. 2, I Just Want to Be Your Everything, Andy Gibbon. Number 1 was In the Flesh by Blondie. So that's the chart we're dealing with uh, and a lot of uh, social media comments on it already that we'll go through uh, a little later on. Uh, now, anything else you want to bring up? Oh, I want to um, mention... Oh, speaking of Paul McCartney. Yeah. Brian did. Yeah. Brian's not having sex with him, but that's okay. We can still talk yeah. about him. Like his music, but not his ass. Like the other 750 billion people in the world that Brian's not having sex with. What about yeah. Brian? <laughs> Oh no no! Just he, he reminds reminded me of the Melbourne Cup. Gold trip. No 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 no. His first two wives were like the quaddy I took. His first two wives. His first two wives were. Uh, uh, hang on, who was his first wife? Um, who did he oh, marry first? Linda Eastman. Did he marry her first? Did oh, I got her down as first. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. Okay, and then it was the the actress with the. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be terrible when I say this. The actress who only had one leg. Yeah, well, that was like me and the quaddy. I could only get three legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I walk into that or not? What was her yes. name? What was her name? Poppy and Cassidy. <laughs> Stop, fine, eh? Jesus. Um, Eileen? I think no, it was. It was. <laughs> It wasn't. What was her name? Don't say Mrs. McCartney next to her. I'm I will lose it with you too. Um, what was her name? She was a very pretty girl. Stumpy. Stop it, Brian. <laughs> Pogo? No. Stop it. Um, did you, you did you no good in the cup? Did you pick Gold Trip? Nah. No. I'd back three horses. I had 40 bucks on the third horse. That would have been. Emissary? Was that emissary? No, high emotion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Ballarat. 60 to 1. Was that a Ballarat owned horse? I won the Bendigo Cup. Yeah, one, yeah. And I think it's it's owned by some people who live up in that area somewhere, I think. Yeah, yeah. I got 60s. Would have been good. Jeez. No. Oh, okay. But no. I didn't want to back it each way. I thought, no, I'll just back it the win. No. Uh, and it was good to see crowds back at the Cup. It was good to see the Cup as an event again. It didn't, oh, gee whiz, the television ratings for it were appalling. Oh, yeah, people just don't care. Well, yeah. People don't care about anything anymore except PO's reading stories. 
Yeah, lack of rooting stories. <laughs> uh, speaking of stories, do you have one this week, Viney, or not? Sporting, uh, well, you know, we talk about great sporting upsets this week. Yes. How about Holland beating South Africa? How about that? I love it. So I wonder where it ranks in, in cricket upsets. Didn't Afghanistan beat, beat us at one stage in... Yeah, England lost to Afghanistan. England lost to Ireland. Yep. They've done that before. But But my favourite ever win was when the West Indies weren't bad and they got beaten by a team that only played international cricket for five years. And for five years they were good because they had four brothers in the team who could play. And they literally went, from being quite a good team that beat the West Indies, not in a 2020, in a genuine one-day World Cup game. Oh, okay. To now being ranked something like the 40th team in the world. It's like they were good for a minute. You see, you think, look, for Netherlands cricket, and they're, they're, they've had some decent players. They had a guy play first-class cricket down here, Ten, ten Duscade, and they're not bad, Holland. Does Tommy Cooper play for them? Yeah, he yeah. couldn't make the team, but I think he's too old now. And his younger brother played for them as well. But you know, there was a team that for a few years was right up there. Do you remember who they were? Is it Scotland? No. All I can hear is right up there. <laughs> Everybody's forgotten them. Yet they beat West Indies when West Indies had a decent team in the World Cup. Not Zimbabwe. Nope. Nobody Namibia. remembers them. Huh? Namibia? No. You said they're 40th. I mean, the Namibia world. beat the West Indies in this T20. Yeah, it did too. They Scotland. Knocked them out. No. Um, who else has had uh, four brothers? Zimbabwe. No, they've been like It's funny. Right? Nobody remembers them. And now they're completely forgotten as a cricket nation. Kenya? Correct. <sighs> Thank you, Nintendo. That's the only reason I remembered it. <laughs> Now, who were the four brothers? The Dumbays. Because they should be doing a Saturday night. <laughs> they were Dumbays and Tickalos. Well, come back to my job, some Dumplay and some Tickalos, <laughs> baby. <laughs> so when did they when did they beat the West Indies and how did that transpire? I think in the early 2000s. Oh, okay. But, yeah, you know, West Indies had Brian Lara and they had Chris Gale and whatever. I was going to say, if it's early 2000s, it certainly would have been Chris Gale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they got beaten by Kenya, who have completely fallen off the cricketing map. Wow. You know, now now there are much better teams than them around the world. Can I ask you a question? Why why would Australia, when they're playing in a game where they literally had to keep a side to a a really low score, was the the, they had to win the game was the number one priority, but the second priority to that – was to bowl the opposition out for a very small score. The smaller, the better. So why would you leave the bloke who's most likely to scare the bejesus out of a non-first-class um, batting lineup out of the out of the side? I know his form wasn't fantastic, but if anyone's going to frighten the crap out of anyone uh, with a ball in their hand for Australia at the moment, it's Mitchell Stark. Yeah. I mean, if, if anybody thinks that Australia deserved to be in the semis, they're either 
parochially drunk or they don't know anything about cricket. No, I, mean, I don't, I don't not... think that, but I think you've got to give yourself your best chance, haven't you? No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, I'm just glad that, that the four the four really good teams are in the semis. There's a possibility yeah. of the MCG hosting an India-Pakistan final. Oh, Jesus, that would be massive. That would be great. New Zealand-India would be magnificent. England, any of them, any combination would be great. Yep. You remember I predicted. would just be making up numbers. I predicted on this show weeks ago that Australia wouldn't make the top four. Well, actually, I repeated what my friends told me. No, you're right. Uh, you did. I, I, yeah. I, I know that. But I'd like to see New Zealand win it because I think they got robbed. Was it the one against England? Oh, the World Was Cup the, against England. The yeah. one day or thing. They got robbed. Yeah, yeah. And I thought they handled the the whole situation with grace. So um, I just think, you know, it'd be good for them to win. And, you know, they're, they're our sort of cousin and brothers across the ditch. So, yeah, no, let's let's go for them. They're a good team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're a good team. I like Williamson. I like uh, the bloke. Uh, I saw him the other night. He didn't hang around for long. Finn, what's his name? Finn. Alan. Alan, yeah, he looks, Al- he looks yeah, he's good. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah. Conway's good. Uh, I love their bowling attack. I reckon their bowling attack's really good. Um, and they like a rock star. They wear lots of black. So well done, boys. Um, yeah, yep, I like there them. You go. And the and the Poms are good. The Pakistanis are good. The um, and the Indians. Jeez, Col- yeah, no, it's great. They're great. Coley, yeah. something. India, India can be a bit flaky in the field, though. As Pakistan are the same. So yeah, they, yeah. they get yeah. a bit flaky in the field. That 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 might cost them. Yeah, true. But it, um, yeah, you're right. It's um, it's good to see. Uh, also, want to mention uh, Kevin Musket uh, coached the uh, yeah, I saw that J League uh, title champions. So that's a, another feather yeah. in the cap for Australian international soccer as we head to a World Cup in two weeks. The, the, yeah, a couple well, of weeks. The J League being the Japanese league. Yeah, yeah. I think Ange, and he coached Ange did what, it. what team did he coach? Oh. Oh, the- Yokohama Yokohama Marinos. Oh, okay. Now, he's not the that first. That was Ange Postacoglu's old team. Yeah, so Ange, Ange oh. won the championship with them a few years back and he's gone on, obviously, to bigger and better things. So maybe um, Kevin Musket might be the next one. We and I'm tipping he won't be paying for a tyre for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get what you're saying yes. because he's... He, Yokohama, they make tyres. Oh, I thought, I, thought, I thought you said because he likes walking everywhere. Yeah, no, 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 good point. Um, no. And our black armbands this week, there's only one, but... Uh, uh, hang on, how about the Rugby League World Cup? What a waste of time, that is. Did I see that we won a semi-final by some extraordinarily large margin against Lebanon? <laughs> yeah, oh, a quarter-final. Yeah. yeah, which is coached by Michael Checker, I think, the rugby union yeah, yeah. bloke coaches the Lebanon. Well, team. Lebanon, just all the Aussie, Leban- all the Sydney yeah. Lebanese footballers, and there are a lot of very good ones, but, you know, it's not like the Lebanon Rugby League competition's Kicking goals? No, I wouldn't have thought so. So um, we're in the semi-finals. Uh, we pre- when's the final? I've, I've paid. I've paid no attention yeah, to it whatsoever. I don't, I don't know. And the Australian women, well, they, they just beat ni- France ninety-two nil. And that was was that the final? No, 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 okay. not the final. Again, no interest in those games because Australia, New Zealand, and England would be the only three reasonable teams in women's rugby, wouldn't they? I, oh, I don't even know what women's rugby league is. To be no, honest, you reckon Fiji would have an all right team, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, probably. I saw the um, I saw on social media today Samoa and Tonga doing the the two harkers, the dueling harkers at the start of their game. That was 
quite uh, entertaining. I was just waiting for um, Lionel Richie or someone to come out in the middle of it and do a dance song. It was such a choreographed bloody uh, start to the uh, proceedings, but that didn't happen. But uh... I was watching something on, um, I don't know, Seven Mate or something, and it was about them preparing Fiji for the World Cup or, you know, whatever whatever they're doing in rugby league. And, um, it's a World Cup. It was really cool, actually, because, you know, the guy, is, I think he's an English coach, and he's there and he's sort of really got a way up. It's like these guys have natural ability. They can turn on a sixpence and they can run and you don't want to stifle that, but you want to put a little bit of this. And it was just and just like that other show, Next Goal Wins. You just watch these Pacific Islands. They're just such beautiful people. And um, their dedication and stuff, it, it was just beautiful. And, you know, I sort of got a bit of a soft spot for Fiji after watching, you know, who they are and what they do and uh, God bless them. They're very good in the rugby league and rugby union areas, exceptionally good in those well, they, two. They won a gold medal at the Olympics. Yeah, and they're fast. Oh, they're quick and they're – but when it comes to rugby league, they're, they're, some of them are the strongest-looking blokes. You wouldn't want to tackle any of them. My God, you'd see yourself in the next week. Big boys. Yeah, well, big, big boys. This, you know, the Sonny uh, Williams really, type. Big, massive. Well, I'm really pleased that with this podcast is no longer, you know, labelled as American football. We can now say it's about <laughs> Fiji rugby. Yeah, I still want to change that to NFI, not NFL. Um, we're still working on that. Uh, the uh, the black armband I wanted to mention was Alan Froggy Thompson. Uh, oh yeah, Australian uh, Australian fast bowler, Victorian fast bowler, and a man who had the the most unusual action, or maybe the second most unusual action I've ever seen at international level. Um, and uh, from all reports, just a genuinely nice human being. I, I, I don't think I ever interviewed him, but from all reports of the cricket world that uh, – Yeah, was, I interviewed uh, him. Yeah, good fella. Lovely. I had sex Lovely. with him. Modest. Stop it. One of my early favourites, Alan Foggy Thompson. Yeah, me too. Because, uh, as a young kid, I, I just loved all the cricketers in the Sunblessed cricket card set. Yep, I've got his I've got a card. Um, but he had that, that the most unusual action of literally the, the hand going over the, the – Back of his head and the wrong foot uh, delivery was just, yeah. it was um, uh, a really interesting. Uh, it captivated me because I was, you know, obviously wanted to be a fast bowler and stuff. And I just watched him the way the ball released and all that sort of stuff and thought, wow, how do you yeah. do that? Um, yeah. But and so he, who do you reckon had the strongest action? There's a bloke that played, I think he played state cricket for Victoria and he was a spinner. And I've never seen anyone quite. There's a bloke, a South African bloke, who came along later, but Bob Bitmead, um, yeah, yeah, was a left arm yeah. spinner who. And then there was the the bloke that that Tony Gregg actually called the Frog in the Blender. Yeah, that's Paul Adams. Yeah, Paul Adams. Now Frog in the Blender, I don't, you know, that's a that's the nickname that stuck. Yeah, but the best description of him, as usual, goes to the great English commentator. John Arlott? Yeah. I think it was John. No, no, it was it was Agnew. It was the it was what's Jonathan. His name? Yes, Jonathan. Jonathan Agnew. What did he say? He described his bowling action as somebody trying to steal hubcaps off a moving car. <laughs> that's very good. That, that's and very you know good. what else you know what else happened? Spiros Agnew reckoned that the communists were coming down and they were gonna ruin cricket. <laughs> Spiros Agnew. Uh. He told us just before the wrestling came on. Uh, 
sure he did. Spiros Agnew or Spiros Orion? Orion. Orion was oh, the Spiros. Isn't American politics a bloody uh, – I, I don't follow it and I don't understand it, but I just see the posts from a whole stack of different people who I do follow because they're celebrities and stuff, um, posting all the different stuff for the American election at the moment. My God, I'm glad I don't live there. I've, read, I've watched probably an hour and a half of that shit every day. Do you really? Uh, oh. I, look, I'm captivated by it, but also because Joe Biden's economic policies – They've cost me about twenty five grand on the stock market in the last three weeks. So I'm, you know, I want the Republicans to get in for my own selfish interest. But you know, it's just a joke. You know, Trumpy, Trumpy's going to shit it, and he'll announce on November the fourteenth oh, that he's running again. Seriously, um, but even if he doesn't, uh, Ron DeSantos that sent all the uh, refugees to Martha's Vineyard said, "Yeah, do you fucking like it? Good on you." And, but I, there's a girl called Carrie Lake, and she's running for governor of Arizona. But she worked in for CBS or the media for 27 years, and you want to see her rip a journalist apart. She's a spunk, but she's so friggin' smart, and she's done her homework. And you know they ask her some stupid question, and she just rips them a new asshole. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, no, I find it really exciting and, um, okay. you know, Joe Biden, you know, this is the man that said we have 400 million vaccines and I've just got another 200 million vaccines. That's enough vaccines to completely inoculate 300 Americans. That's right, <laughs> 300 Americans. You know, the Russian army can surround Kiev, but you'll never win the hearts and minds of the Iranian people. Mate, the guy, you wouldn't let him look after your dog. And, um, <laughs> you know, he just, he just, <laughs> but, but, you know, I love watching him. It's, you know, he, but, you know, he can never find his way off the stage. The Easter Bunny has to say, stop talking, you're fing it all up. Yeah, but his Tinder profile's really, really good. Well, apparently he's into art <laughs> yes. and writing, and um, and I am funny. Yeah, Actually, I think he it. is funny. I'll, I'll let him have that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right, we're going to sail into the chart uh, in a minute or two. Is there anything else anyone wants to bring up? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was on this weekend. Brian, did you catch up with that in, uh, from the States? Um, well, you know, it was an honour, obviously, Kev, to um, be nominated. No, and, Brian, uh, you, you weren't. You weren't. What? You weren't. Well, f*** those Americans. <laughs> you, Joe Biden, you f***ing asshole. But actually, Nui Takao wrote a... Two words, made in America. F*** you, you idiot. <laughs> Nui Takao wrote a really good article in the uh, in the paper on the weekend about uh, establishing an Australian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it should be here in Melbourne. It should be established, and they should pull their finger out and get it done. We've got a mm. vault, a vault thing in Melbourne that you can go and walk through and have a look at, but we don't actually have a a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, even though we do have an, an ARIA Hall of Fame that people get inducted into, but we don't actually have a Rock and There's Roll no Hall of Fame. There's no actual building, no. No, they um, should do I'll, it. They should do it. It's, I've been through the vault. Um, that was at um, Federation near, Square somewhere? The library or somewhere. Yeah. Or maybe they've moved it. But, um, yeah, you got Kylie's big chair there. I think there was up near the roof there was one of the worst X-Men posters I've ever seen. I felt that um, – I felt a little bit 
hard done by. I thought, you know, there was a lot of bands that were freaking didn't have anywhere near the impact that we did. And, you know, oh, f- you know, oh, this band, you know, I think I get f***ed. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, and one of the bands I really f***ing loathe is the f***ing go-betweens. Oh, here we go. Like, what the f***? <laughs> you know, oh, somebody in England was so f***ing stoned that they liked the f***ing song, so therefore they've song. had international success and so they're good. The chick playing drums is shitful. The songs are shitful. The singing's shitful. Oh, no, there's, there's, and they're there's all one. Treated, they're all treated like, oh, yeah, the go-betweens. Get f***ing. But the streets, they can't even Is that flavor. the streets of our town? That's one of theirs, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, go back to the streets of your town and <laughs> right off. Brian. Um, I'm in uh, a no, positive, that's... constructive way, Kev. Yeah, I know, but that's, that's, a, that's a good song. I reckon that's a good song. We beep out the word fuck, don't we? Yeah, we do mostly, yeah. Steve, Steve, who... Well, who... this will be undoable for Steve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, this will be, be the bit where Steve goes, fuck it. <laughs> well, why don't we start beeping ourselves to stop Steve? Yeah, well, that would be a good idea if you could beep yourself, Brian. Well, the beep go-betweens can go and beep, 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 <laughs> and beep, 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 uh... beep, 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 beep. Yeah, and we're that's doing. I think. Finally, we're doing this podcast with the Roadrunner. It's fabulous. It sounds like it sounds like more code. We're gonna we're gonna send the Titanic <laughs> to the iceberg. Yeah, three rocket launches have just been uh, rockets have just been launched in Southeast Asia on the back of Brian's little. Uh, thing. Well, Kim Jong Un is a big fan of the show. <laughs> of course, he is. Now I'll go to the uh, social media. David Burt. Now, does David Burt go to school with you? Did he find him? David who? David Burt. Obviously made a big impression. He says here the year that the, ninth, the year that we're doing the chart this week, nineteen seventy seven. He said it's the year we started secondary school. Mark Fine. Um, yeah, yeah, mate. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his best tracks out of this were Deep Water, April Sun in Cuba, uh, You, and Old Schoolyard. And his worst, and he said there's a few: Doctor Love, Moody Blue, Hard Rock Cafe, Float On. David Chet said he loved the chart, loves Barracuda, April Sun in Cuba, and remember the days of the Old Schoolyard. Uh, Steve Cameron said a great chart in his opinion. The best were Barracuda, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue and In the Flesh. Worst from New York to LA, Dr. Love and My Mistake. Angie Price says she liked It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, In the Flesh and Deep Water. Uh, the shit ones in there, according to Angie. Dr. Love, Hard Rock Cafe and Mar Baker. And Twitter, geez, we've got a fair few comments on Twitter too. Um, John, uh, John Paps95 said he's only got six in this chart, and they're all good. April Sun in Cuba, Moody Blue, Poor, Poor, Pitiful Me, In the Flesh, Deep Water, and Remember the Days of the Old Schoolyard. Uh, El Stereotypico of Twitter says, uh, The best of You're in My Heart, Thunder in My Heart, April Sun in Cuba. Remembers his dad playing them all. Hated Andy Gibb, Donna Summer, and Peter Allen. And uh, Ipswich Celtic, who's a frequent little uh, uh, contributor via Twitter, says, Loved uh, April Sun in Cuba. A band that he appreciates the older he gets, uh, Deep Water, uh, and uh, Rod Stewart. So there's some of the uh, feedback from the social media. So thanks for that because we do appreciate it and we do read it. So we I reckon do. they're pretty onto it. Actually, this I week. reckon we I reckon we're gaining traction. Traction. Ooh. Yeah, a couple of couple Boy. of couple of fans came into the shop yesterday, but I wasn't there. Ooh. Fans oh, of this podcast. Been... So, ladies, thank you for coming in, and next time I'll be there. The um, 
the it was number thirteen this week on the uh, episode chart to uh, iTunes. So every week it's in the top fifteen at it, least, and it occasionally bobs into number ten, but. It's in the top 15 that, every week. Um, Thanks is that for that. the American football charts, Kev? Or, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, right. Second is the well, uh, Arizona Razorbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, wouldn't have a clue what's going on. Is the NFL started? It has, isn't it? Yeah, okay. yeah. They go on gangbusters. Yeah, it finishes in January. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It is an American football report. Let me just give the report. Mm-hmm. NFL American NFL American football is on the way, and in the end of January we'll have the Super Bowl. Okay, that's it. Thanks. Some things never change. All right, mm. pack up your rubber duck. I'd like to wish you luck. Your funny cigarettes, your sixty-one cassettes. Pack all your clothes away. Your rubber hose away. Your old day glows away. You're moving out today. Pack up your dirty looks. Your songs that have no hooks. Your stacks of modern screen. Your portrait of the Queen. Your mangy cat away, your baby fat away, you're headed that away. That's one of Carol Bayer Sager. Yeah, and and I didn't realize oh, I'd forgotten that uh, Bette Midler co-wrote that. I know she did a version of it, but I didn't realize she'd actually co-written it. I don't think one girl could be that cranky by herself. She oh, needed a help. Alanis Morissette made a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good. Oh, <laughs> she blamed all the world's problems <laughs> on her last boyfriend. You know, <laughs> Alanis was just a teeny weeny weeny bit angry. Just a mm. teeny weeny weeny bit. Is it because we don't treat them well enough? Perhaps I, I don't know, Brian. Um, I think mm. that I think that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Right. To be honest. Well, this is something we need to look into, Kevin. Maybe. Well, let's get to our top uh, three good and bad from uh, this chart from uh, November of 1997. Thanks to Kenny Francis for giving me a legible version of the chart. I found it, but I couldn't uh, couldn't read the bloody thing. Uh, it was too hard to print and too hard to try and fix up. 1977. Yeah. This, what did I say? I don't know. I, I meant 77. Uh, so we have a legible version of the chart, so that's, that's good. Now, with someone, as I said, on the social media platforms, if you want to make a contribution, three, two, and one. Finey, open the batting, sir, for the Netherlands. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of love in this chart. There's do you want to make love? Reach out for the one who loves you. Best of my love, don't fall in love. I feel love. She taught me how to love again and even doctor love. Ah. So. Thought the 60s was the love era, but obviously the 70s were as well. Full of love. All right, I'll start with my number one good. No, you'll start with your number three good. Yeah, number three good. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. What do you got? So, you know what? I've loved women and girls for a long time because even <laughs> as a 12-year-old, I remember crooning this song to, I won't say a surname, to Leanne. Oh. And thinking I was very cool and were and there was a pool party and we kissed, I think. Ooh. Um, Hang yeah. on. You were what? Twelve? Twelve. Oh, okay. Yep. That's right. That's all right. And I actually think it's a really good song. And you were so crooning, crooning this song to her? Yeah. And I thought it was very cool. Yeah, what was it? You're in my heart by Rod Stewart. Oh, really? Yeah, I like it. I just think it's a, you know, I don't love everything Rod Stewart's done, but I certainly think at this point he was kicking goals. You know, very good song. Mm, okay. he's, he's writing songs to get a route to. 
Is that the one? It's like a big bosom lady with a Dutch accent tried to change my point of view. And come on, come on, Fanny, croon it. Come on, come on. You're in my heart. You're in my soul. You be my breath till I grow old. Is that the one? You are my lover. You're my best friend. You're in my ah. Very good. It is a good song. That is a good and song. I'll bang you, you in the end. <laughs> yes. He just I, he couldn't stop himself. That's why Leanne rejected you, Fanny. Oh, uh, not totally. Um, <laughs> Fanny just Fanny just drops these little tiny weeny little kind of little nuggets. They're not they're not great big huge nuggets. They're just little nuggets, and he just rolls. A little one in there. It's not a tombola. It's just a little one that rolls across the table. Thank you. Just go. Yeah. Number three, bad. Yeah. Okay. You know, I've made quite a few. So, thanks to Natalie and technology, because I wouldn't have worked it out myself. I've got Spotify and I've got a some speaker system in the shop. So we've got some music in the shop now. Oh, good. So I've got quite a few playlists. And somehow, by mistake. Interestingly enough, mm. I put this on the playlist. And I was listening to it the other day, not knowing, about a couple of weeks ago, no idea it was going to be on the chart, and I thought, I've got to get this off the playlist. Yeah. This song starts off all right, and it's fucking unbearable. You can't actually play it in the shop. It's that, it's that annoying. <laughs> like you're really are flocking you from the not, shop. It's not, it's, it's not suitable for commercial purposes. Um and the thing is, it's it's my mistake by split ends. Now it starts off all right, but then uh, at 1977, I don't, you know, split ends were still dressing up like dickheads. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like zig and zag, like like Harley Krishnas with a fake wig on. Yeah, and they what didn't. The know, I, I don't, I don't they know whether think? they thought they were going to be serious musicians or mother goose. So, <laughs> well, that's the thing. These New Zealand men—they dress up in nappies and shit hairdos. What the f- drugs are you pricked on? I think they were trying what to the- get our attention, but they did it the wrong way. And this song sums it up because it starts off all right, and then when it goes into this instrumental bit, it just ends up into some sort of—it's like—it's like circus music yeah. on LSD. It's yeah. just annoying. Yeah, and it, it doesn't stop. It keeps going and going and going and f***ing stop it already. <laughs> so that's my third bad. It's very jarring, that instrumental bit in my really mistake, jarring. isn't it? Yeah. The, you're right. The first bit is like almost like a, she, a, a sea shanty type thing, you know, da-da-da, da-da, and that, that rollicking kind of feel. And then when that bit starts at, at the end, you, you really – Desperately want to get to the radio and turn it off really quickly. Yeah, I'm saying it, it's 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 sort of the music suited their makeup, which yep. really suited them being <laughs> run over by a truck. But anyhow, they got their shit together in the end. Jeez, you're so anti Finn. You're so anti Tim Finn, Brian. Yes, and I think the word you guys are looking for with that middle piece of that song is discordance. Oh, and yes, yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> and there is a place for discordancy. Um, like if you listen to Beethoven or stuff, they'll have bits in the music that is deliberately kind of unpleasant and jarring. And then you get this like, oh, shit, I feel a bit, you know, it makes you feel something. And then you have this release where it all gets lovely again, you go, oh, you know, marching or whatever. Um, 
unfortunately, Split End failed dismally with this. They took it too far too far and, yeah. um, you know, and their outfits just stop it, just stop it. And when they did stop it and Neil Finn joined the band, they actually got good because Neil was allowed to write the songs. Anyway. Right. Enough about shitbagging them. Right. So you get to your good three and your good uh, your bad three. Well, my bad three, I'm going to start with a bloke that probably should never have made a record, um, but he's cashing in on his fame. He was good at you know sliding across a bonnet and talking to somebody who goes, hey, Word on the street, there's some heavy hitters coming in from Chicago. <laughs> this guy's a professional. You better be careful. Uh, that's Huggy Bear. But I'm talking about David Soul, Silver Lady. Boom, off. It's just, no, this is just, you know, smulch. Um, you know, how much sugar do you want on your cereal? It's just, no, 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 no. So yep. David Soul's my number three bad. Now, I'm going to... I'm going to come in with number three. It's it's our old mate, Leo Sayer. Now, you know, oh, I'm not really okay. a disco kind of guy, but I think Thunder in My Heart is a really good song. And um, I remember in 2006 we were working together and it just they re-released it in England and it got top ten. And I thought, oh, yeah, what's this about? So I had to listen to it and I went, well, shit, yeah, this is good. I can see why it's been re-released and doing so well. So, uh, Leo, say uh, uh, thunder in my heart, our old mate, Jared. Yep. Um, Somebody yeah. sampled it, I think, didn't they, in a disco song? That's why it got the resurgence in that uh, in that that second kind of um, phase that it had because someone sampled it in the middle of a song and uh, they went, "Oh, that's a good song. Let's go back and uh, not not dissimilar." To what's happened with Kate Bush with her song, but not in a movie. But it was just some um, some dance band. Um, well, it's, it's it. a terrific groove, so it yeah, it is. Doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. So uh, well done, Leo. Good on you, Leo. My number three bad is Patsy Gallant. Is her name? Oh. A bloody awful song from New York to LA. Just uh, just awful. Just just bloody dreary. Just a horrible little dancey-ish kind of song that just didn't. Didn't do anything at all for me, and I thought it was um, just making up the numbers. In this case, number twenty-four. So Patsy gets uh, gets my vote there. My number three, good, and I have a list. A, a list you reckon it's a list clogger, do you? Definitely a list clogger. Definitely. <laughs> uh, my number three, good, and I and I've left a couple of really really good songs out to fit uh, to fit these three in. But my number three, good despite the fact that a former Prime Minister of this country tried to destroy this song by singing it with a friggin' ukulele, uh, my number three good is April Sun in Cuba by Dragon. Ukulele? Did he take ukulele lessons? (laughs) (laughs) I think he did, and I think we know where he got them from. Uh, They were good. Dragon was such a good band. I I, I spent a lot of time with them in Brisbane and stuff when they were touring around, but... This was the height of their their powers, I reckon. This one, um, good song. Uh, Mark was a really good uh, front man, and everyone in the band at that stage just had their chops together, and they were they were doing it really well. They were a bit of a mess off stage, but on stage, or well, a bit of a mess on stage sometimes. But um, they um, they they were just a, this was just a great little pop song, really good, really good song, and I really like it. So it's my number three. Good. There you go. 
I like it. I think I think that's a, a fair choice there, Kev. Yeah. No, I reckon he sang it well. It's a one of one of Shaky Houston's songs. Paul Houston wrote it. It was a really, really good song. Really good song. And it sort of stood yeah. the test of time, even though the lyrics probably date it with the Cuban crisis and all that stuff. But um, the actual um, the actual song itself still sounds good bouncing out of a, whenever you hear it around the place. Right, O'Fani, what have we got at number Paul. two? Now, first of all, I've, I've put April Sun in Cuba in my top three before. Oh. I would have again, so I'm not doing it this time. Okay. But, yeah, I think it's a great song. As you say, jumps out very, very now iconic um, intro, in, intro of, yeah. you know, the, so yeah, very good. Number two, bad. I've never done this before, but I actually put this in my bad list before I listened to it, Ooh. and then I and then I listened to it, and actually annoyed it. The actual song annoys me because it's a complete list clogger. It's nothing. It's by a band, by by a quartet trying to be something they're not. They're rubbish, but. It's the worst name for a band in the history of mankind. Oh, hang on. Looking down the list of bands. Then, as though the band's name's not bad enough, they reaffirm it with the song's name. But how can you call yourself the Floaters? <laughs> I've already written it down here. <laughs> I mean, ever since Low Flow Toilets became a thing in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Uh... We've all had to battle the occasional floater, and it is disgusting. Mm, mm. No matter how bad a dump you take, you, you, it's part of democracy. It's part of living in a in a look. It's a first world problem, but I'm very proud to live in Australia because I know when I press flush, it all goes. Yeah, but if there's a floater, it is like. It's like a nuclear warhead. <laughs> you wonder whether it'll ever go. Has it? Is it too light? Is it? Is there something wrong with your body? Do you need to see a, a cancer specialist? The floater is one of the worst things on the planet. Yes, I, I totally agree with you there. I have absolute phobia about that. So for Four blacks call themselves the Floaters and then release a song called Float On as though they don't want it to ever flush. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's, did I need to listen to it? Surely someone at the record company should have said, let's not release this here in Australia because it's just not going to go. Uh, <laughs> you know. They're not gonna they're not gonna swallow it. Because it wasn't like the, that word wasn't around as a description of that. In 1977, because it was. Because I know when that song came out and we got it in the radio station and got put on the playlist, everyone went, oh, you beauty, am I going to have some fun with this? I mean, I didn't go to Adelaide till I was 23 because I was worried a pie floater was a... <laughs> I was worried I was going to be assaulted with something. Every toilet you went into, shit, there's a pie in there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Float on by the floaters. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you know, why not just name a song? Why not name your band Diarrhea and have a release <laughs> song called Can't Wipe My Ass? Anyway. Yeah, it is one of those ones that just it wins the title of bad, bad band name, bad song name, done, finished. Yeah. Winner. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> you know. It is. It, 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 
It's 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 on Mark its own. Dundee. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, no, no, stop. Um, what's your number two? Good. Anything that flushes. Yeah. Um, in the right, fl- so- in the flush by Blondie. Sorry. <laughs> Very good. There we go. We're we're cooking now. Oh, we'll we got to number we got, twelve. We got Moody Poo by Elvis Presley coming up later. We'll be we'll be rocketing up those charts. Okay. All right. A uh, little bit of a admission that I I know the lead singer. He's a fellow sufferer, St Kilda fan, mad St Kilda fan, mad, mad, mad St Kilda fan. Oh, Billy. Great bloke. Great bloke. But that this is also on that playlist where my mistake was putting my mistake on. And I actually listen to Don't Fall in Love and think, gee, that's a good song. I, I, look, I do like I do like um, glam rock and it's got a touch of glam rock about it. Yep. But, you know, pretty girls with those bright lights in their eyes. I, I like the song. I've always liked it. You know, that's his magnum opus and uh, Don't Fall in Love is a good song and it's at number two. Yep. Yep. Uh, and Brian's a great mate of Billy's as well, I know. He's fantastic. He's um, he's a lovely bloke, and what I really like about him is that you know a lot of guitarists I'll put a whole lot of effects on the guitar and shit, and you know he can make a bit of a mistake, not quite hit the fret right, and you don't the audience doesn't notice it. But the way Billy has his amp sound, if he makes a mistake, everybody's going to hear it. But he gets this great guitar sound, and he just never makes a mistake. He can pick a harmony, and he's just such a lovely bloke. You know, he's a ripper, yeah. uh, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad that finally picked him because yeah. um, it saves me putting him in because a, I, um, I want, I want him to be in. That's an iconic Australian song. That 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 yeah. that ranks oh, up yeah. there with the Eagle Rocks and that of the world in terms of songs that. Instantly identifiable songs, you go, oh, mm. ferrets, yeah, bloody oath. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Yeah. So. And I apologise okay. to Billy for not having it in the top three, but it didn't It didn't quite make. It's one of the one of the three or four songs it, that I've left out. Well, I think as long as he gets mentioned, we're okay. We're all Well, we, we've uh, had him on Life of Brian and we'll have him, we're going to have him on again because yeah, we've got, we, we got we, part two of his we, stories to come. Yeah, we got more to get out of him. He tells some um, great stories too, just quietly. He's very good. Did, did he did he tell us about when he dressed up as a woman with Molly and they went to the brothel? Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah, I knew I knew it, but um there's plenty more like that. Yeah. Um, go, go back okay. to a, go back to an old episode of Life and Brian and find it and you'll you'll uh, you'll enjoy that story because it is very funny. Uh, I, I never listened to that rubbish, Kevin. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what um, um what do you got at two, Brian? Okay, number two, bad. Um, look, I just want to be your everything by oh. Andy Gibb. You know, it's pretty well produced, but you know, it just lyrically, it sounds like Studio Fifty Four. We're all on cocaine and off our face. It's like, yeah, I should be your everything. What you want to be a worst nightmare? You want to be the person that annoys? I just think it's a silly lyric. And I feel sorry for Andy Gibb that, you know, they just wouldn't let him join the band. And um, But, yeah, look, it's just a bit too schmaltzy for me. It's not the worst song in the world, but, um, you know, I, I just like to think that this song had nothing to do with Andy killing himself. So oh, anyway. don't say that. 
Well, I just said I'd like to think that it had nothing to do with that, Kev. I'm, I'm, div- I'm moving myself one, away from that thought. It was a number one song in America, and I think across England, I think it was a number one worldwide hit. That well, song. Well, you remember the video clip? He's riding around on a racer bike when everybody else had a dragster, and it's like, nah, that's the wrong bike. You know, you're on a push bike. You know, you're going to pick up a chick on your racing bike. Don't think he had any trouble in that department. What's your number two good? Well, he got he didn't. It was the Victoria Nichols, was it? The chick from Dallas, and he fell in love with her. He got a cocaine addiction, then she dumped Victoria him. Victoria Principal. Cocaine addiction. Her name yeah, that's was. the one. Victoria Nichols was a sale of the century sidekick to um to Tony. She went Barber. all right too. They both <laughs> went all. They both went all right. I tell you what, Victoria anyway. Principal is who you're thinking about. Uh, I I met Victoria Nichols. She I'm was sure playing you did. Janet. Oh, yeah, she was hot. Anyway, um, okay, I just want to be everything. And number uh, is uh, it's a Bob Dylan song. Oh, Graham and Bonnet. Graham Bonnet. It's all over now, Baby Blue. What a great song and what a great version of it. And I remember going on the zipper with Ann Jolly and Julie Sullivan when I was about, well, oh, no, when's this? I'm about 12, 13. And um, wow, what a. What a great night that was, you know. And then the zipper at the You'd carnival. You would have been 16. Well, not everyone was that old. But anyway. 1977, you were so. Don't, don't start lying oh, about yeah, your I age. <laughs> no, I probably only about eight then, Kevin. You can't, you can't but, lie about your age because if you lie about yours, you make Finey sound like a liar and you make a liar out of me too. All right. So I was 16. 16. 16 but, yeah. uh, um, but anyway. In the zipper with Ian Jolly and Julie Sullivan and this song, Blair. Wow, what a great memory. Another one that I apologise for not having in my top three because it is it is also a very, very good song. Yep. It is a very good song. Uh, my number two bad, uh, Brian, you're not going to like this. and uh, but No, I, I don't, Kev. I'm furious. Uh, well, and I like it even less, but I'm sorry. There's certain times when people do songs um, – and they just shouldn't. And Elvis should never have recorded Moody Blue. It's just bloody awful. It's dreary. It doesn't do anything. It's it's a um, a very sad, sad version of Elvis. A Moody Blue. That's just an I reckon average song. And he sings it very ordinarily. And all up the package for me did nothing. Uh, you know, I, I reckon here. John Oates. John Oates might have helped write that. <laughs> Electric blue, moody blue. Uh, Anything he writes has got blue in the title, and it's all shit. Yeah. Well said, Kev. <laughs> I love Elvis, but this is not his best no, work. Not his best work by by a long shot. Moody blue. My number two good. Um, it surprised me. I went back and I had to listen to it today, and I do like this song a lot. Um, it's not in the. Oh, I love that song, but. Um, I just I really do like Barracuda by heart. It's got a great intro. It just it, she sings. I reckon she sings it really well. Um, it just it just motors along. I just think it's a really good little song. So, uh, Barracuda was uh, your mate uh, in the social media call it Malacuda, but Barracuda by heart's my uh, my number two. Uh, I like it. The good, the good part. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I love the intro. Love that intro. I think it was the first time we saw a girl guitarist that was really, really good. 
that was Nancy and 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 sang yeah and sang a Nancy play. yeah yeah uh, but it was a, it was a novelty we'd never seen a girl play guitar that well because you know it was a pretty male dominated industry at the time yeah, yeah Madonna kind of changed that years later but here comes this girl and she's playing like wow she was great and I think that was a big part of the success of this song it was a great song as you say but. Wow, see a girl play guitar that good was a really unique experience. Yeah, oh, good. They were really good. Hart did some good songs. They did some some terrible songs towards the end of their, their career. Uh, Those ballady chase, things they did were awful. But, chasing, but chasing a hit. Magic Man um, and uh, and that, that first album and then the, I think Barracuda was on the second album. Those first two albums, they were really, really good. I thought they were really good then. Uh, Finally, here we go. Uh, on the podium so far in the bad, we have My Mistake by Split Ends and and The Floaters Float On. Oh, God. And in the good, we have Rod Stewart, You're In My Heart and Don't Fall In Love by The Ferrets. So what do we got at the top? Well, number one good. You don't need to apologise for your number two good. It's oh. not a good little song. It's a good big song. It is a great song, Barracuda. Oh, okay. Now, for the first time since I've joined this illustrious pairing of Hillier and Mannix, and I'm always, genuinely, I'm not kidding here, I'm always in awe of your musical knowledge, I do have to pull you up on this one, Brian. Please do. Because Barracuda was not the first time I think we saw girls handle a guitar and really take it to the world because a year earlier the Runaways had Cherry Bomb. Oh. oh. Yeah, but what they're playing on guitar isn't hard to play. It sounds tough, it's good, but they're playing eights and, um, yeah, now no, I'll stand by what I said because – you know, the, the, the runaways sound great and they got big guitar sounds and that's great, but what they're playing is nowhere near as difficult as what um, well, you know, no, Nancy. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, so I'll stand by that. But I, I do I do appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, because I love the I love Hart and I love the runaways. Yes. Both, runaways. both very important, you know, um, bands in – the development of music, you know. Was Joan, Jett, girls... was Joan Jett the bass player in The Runaways? No, she yeah. was a guitarist, I think, wasn't she? Or was Lita, Lita Ford. Was the bass player. Oh, she might have been, yeah. She was a Susie Quattro fan, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, I thought Lita Ford was the yeah. guitarist in The Runaways. From memory? Yeah, well. I might be wrong. You know what I'm, you know what I'm noticing the most? What? It's finding with his new phone. How good is the depth of field that he's got in his picture? It's it's like a f-ing movie. It's no, you know great. what? It's like we're in Sybil Shepherd's bedroom because it keeps going. The filter in the uh, on the phone keeps going to that yellowy kind of color that Sybil Shepherd had in moonlighting there for about five years. So Thank she did. So she didn't look old. Fine. Well, Bruce Willis is calling Finey right now. He wants a date. <laughs> There's a bit of sexual tension going on between Finey and, uh, and Bruce Willis. Uh, what's your number one bad, Finey? Well, you know, I often go on this rant about how bad a bad song is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll, I'll get stuck into the performer and about the song. Mm-hmm. This song is so irrelevant, performed by somebody <laughs> to me who uh, is a no-hit blunder. I can feel a gazumping coming on. 
don't know, it's just a piece of complete nothing. I mean, you know, it turns it turns the music chart into a piece of toilet paper, but anyway. <laughs> Hope it's not my it number really one does. good. Huh? I hope it's not my number one good. No, it's it can't be because it's 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 not a song that anybody can ever remember by somebody nobody can remember whose name you can't pronounce. So who in the fuck is Big Jer or Big Jerry oh, or Lindsay Bier? Ah, she taught me yeah, how to like it. All I can say what is, a... all I can say is, why didn't she f-ing teach you how to sing in the first place? <laughs> 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 oh, very good. Um, uh, now, do you know anything about Lindsay? Or Bier? I was going to research it and I thought, he's not worth it. Okay. He was the lead guitarist and singer and a major songwriter in one of the big surfy bands that came out of Sydney in the early part of the 70s called Tam and Shud, who were responsible for a whole lot of uh, sort of surfy-type music and were involved in the soundtrack of The Morning of the Earth movie, which Brian and I have talked about before because there's a song in that mm. by G. Wayne Thomas called Open Up Your Heart, which is just a fabulous song. Um, I love it. But Tam and Shud were the uh, were the kind of – Melbourne didn't re- – Victoria really didn't have a band that was like them, to be honest, that I can liken them to. But they were like a surfy band that played lots of guitars and sang songs and got on GTK on the ABC a lot. Um, so and- that's how Midnight Oil started out before Peter Garrett Jordan. They were – a surf sort of band. Yeah, might have been, might have been sort of similar kind of uh, yeah, yeah startings, okay. but yeah, they didn't. Um, and Lindsay then sort of became this sort of pop star in the late part of the seventies after he left, after Tam and Shud sort of finished. But now I think he's back playing Tam and Shud music these days um, around the traps and stuff. I don't think he, don't think he performs this one anymore. I don't know. Doesn't walk too far from home. No, I don't okay. think so. Right, O'Brien. Finally, come up with uh, three beauties in each of the categories there. What have you got for us? So you so far have in the bad, David Soul, Silver Lady, and Andy Gibb, I Just Want to Be Your Everything. And in the good, Thunder in My Heart, Leo Sayer, and It's All Over Now, Baby Blue by Graham Bonnet. Um, yeah, I'd like to give credit to Donna Summer. I feel, uh, what's the what's her one? I Feel Love. Um, I Feel Love. I I think, I think that's an important song in music um, because it's the it was the first twelve inch uh, extended version of a song, and Georgia Maroda does a great job on that. So, but it's not my number one. My number one, it just stole my heart when I saw it in nineteen seventy nine. Is that what we're doing here? Seventy nine. Seventy seven. Oh, it's come out seventy nine. Okay, um, but it's Blondie. It's the number one song. In the flesh, you know, this really hot chick, because I love 60s music and they look like 60s. And in the flesh, it had that double entendre, like, you know, she wants to see me in person, but she wants to see me in the nude. Oh, yeah, how about this girl? But I just think it's a great sort of 50s stylization. You were 16 then. So- Everything now makes sense. Yeah, well, that's my number one. I, I, I love this song. I just think it's a great song. Yeah, and good song. And, you know, there's a lot of young people that like this band, um, I think my kids included. But um, Boney M, Ma Baker, Ma Baker off. Just bake the hell out of here. No, Ma Baker 
no, it doesn't work for me at all. It's uh, at least it's got a story, I suppose. But no, I just think it's shit. It's a real waste of my time. Um, so yeah, like like this whole podcast <laughs> oh, is is a waste of everybody's time. But, <laughs> thank you, Brian. Uh, no, no, you guys are terrific. But um, you know, there's me as well. Um, no, Mar Baker is my number one worst. I just I just couldn't put it on a playlist. I I'd, I'd put it on if I wanted people to go home. Yep. Yeah, I concur with you 100%. Anything Boney M has ever done, I think is absolute shit. I cannot yeah. think of one redeeming factor about Boney M. Uh, in any every single song they did annoyed the bejesus out of me, from the Rivers of Babylon to Rasputin to this piece of crap about uh, some American gangster mole. Um, yeah, sorry. And But the producer-manager went on to make create merely vanilla. So there you um, go. He did. He did kick on. Well, the, only, <laughs> the only thing he should have done is he should have run the silencer over over uh, Mar Baker. They had one and, good song. Oh, which one? I reckon they had one good song. Which one? Daddy Cool. Oh yeah. Of all the shit they did, that was the least the least annoying of all the shit they did. Yeah. I, 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 as a de- as yeah, a dance cool. disco song. Yeah, no, bit. okay. Yeah, all right. I'll give you that. And I, and I and I did enjoy the guy's afro with like a slice of cheese cut out of it. You know, like <laughs> carved in a part, but it was like a big uh, chunk of cheese that you'd buy at Coles and um that was like taken out of his afro. I was like, wow, how about you? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, they, they weren't they didn't look good and they just didn't sound good. But you're right, Fonny, that the Daddy Cool wasn't a bad song. Okay, that's not that doesn't make it into the complete shit file for me. It's close, but right. not quite. And my number one. Tell good, us about. Tell us about your complete shit file. Oh, there's a lot oh. in there. Don't worry. My uh, it's headed by Boney M because I just I've never ever ever liked them from the start. I always found them annoying. For oh god, the rivers of Babylon. Jesus, how many times do they have to play that on the radio? You know, they had a song called "Brown Girl in the Ring," which easily could be confused, and you could. Mix those words up and get in a lot of <laughs> yes. Oh. yes, you could. Uh, my number one good uh, brown ring in the girl. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That would, that would never work. Oh, I can move it. It's on, it's on the B side of Mar Baker. Uh, my number one good uh, and and look in the flesh was the really- B side. That'd be right. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Kev. Sorry. Um, the the Blondie, I think, is a great song. Uh, Graham Bonnet's a great song. I love that. The Ferrets is a great song. I really like You Moving Out Today by Carol Bayer-Sager. I really like Handyman by James Taylor. I like Dancing in the Moonlight by Thin Lizzy right down the bottom. But I've one, one album that I just keep coming back to every single time, and I love the album, and I really enjoyed it when it came out, and I still love listening to 99.9% of it now. With Silk Degrees and Low Down by Boz Skaggs makes it as my number one good and the other side of it, We're All Alone, is Stop. also really good. What do you mean? Stop. Boz yeah. is in the run around. Boz is the Hang buzz. The town. Boz yeah, is business the buzz. In the oh, no, no. I, saw the, I watched the live version of Low Down this afternoon and it was really, really good. He's, he, he's not the world's greatest singer by any stretch of the imagination, nor is he the world's greatest songwriter, but at the time, that album was just the ants pants and uh, I still love listening to We're All Alone, Harbour Lights, Georgia, uh, Low Down, Lido Shuffle, uh, What Do You Want the Girl to Do? Uh, yeah, go, and, go and get on your yacht. There Boz. you go. I can almost it's, it's with funny. your little white all, suit. All, oh, well, your butt. 
I'm telling you, I would love to have written any one of those songs or sung any one of those songs. I think they're all exceptionally good songs. I'd be, I'd be happy to they, they burn be any ten, of them. The top ten songs on the US Billboard chart. Anyhow, <laughs> um, but funny, funny what you associate people with. When I think of Bob Skaggs, do you know what I think of? No, what? It's weird. Killing yourself? No, it's weird. KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, when they were good, when they were, you know, not worrying with burgers and wraps, yeah. just eat chicken in buckets, barrels and boxes. Yes. <laughs> they had a, a short-lived barrel of wings. Now, any, everybody knows the wings are the best part of a chicken. The rest of the chickens are just a fucking mutant. <laughs> Did you know that chicken breasts are cheaper than chicken th- thighs so, now? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, there, like there's, the there's, there's, there are these enormous, like, purple breasts coming off chickens. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. They're as big as Any a football. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's not the only place you'll see the purple breast. You want to get down to Hollywood starlets up here, I tell you. Shut well, up, this is, a, this is a surface paradise story because there used to be an arcade in surface called the Lido Arcade. Oh, I vaguely remember that. There was a Lido hotel or motel on the first floor of that arcade. Cockfighting. And, and, and a good mate of mine, Mady Miller, the best man at my wedding, Dan Paul and Ross Levine. Ross Levine going to be a board member of St Kilda. Hey, let me just interrupt for a second, Fanny. <laughs> yeah, this this bloke was the um, the boss at your wedding, uh, your best man at the wedding. Yeah. Is he one of the blokes you belted with the chain at your? Bus yeah, yeah, night? yeah. He's he's the main one. <laughs> okay. to the chain. I just yeah. thought well, this is. might need that cleared. Might need that cleared up. Yeah, Mady Miller. <laughs> So, so he's loved up the wedding all bruised and battered because you whacked yeah, no, him with the chain. <laughs> across his ditches. All right. Yeah, a, yeah correct. Right, hang on. We're back at the Lido Arcade on the surf, in Surface Paradise. So that always reminded me of Boss Gags, Lido Shuffle. But it was at the Lido Arcade, Matey and Levine and Paul. No, Paul and Levine were staying there. When we broke up from school, year year twelve or HSC, we all went up to the Gold Coast, and they were staying there. And we went and visited them because I was staying with Mady at another place, yeah. the Arcana Motor Inn. And KFC or Kentucky Fried Chicken had a bucket of wings, and Flew I remember off. I love that. And you know what? Even to this day, I go into KFC hoping they bring back. Just chicken wings, but they don't. <laughs> and every time I think of it, I think of Boss Gags because they stayed at the Lido apartment and we used to say, you know, what are we having for lunch or for dinner? You remember those days where you could eat three meals a day and have supper? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and like now I eat one meal a day, I feel like a pig. But, you know, <laughs> it's like we were eating all day. As soon as you go to the beach, you're hungry. Yep. And you know what we'd say? Let's do the Lido shuffle between <laughs> the bucket of wings. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Go. Good memories. That's, that's the worst five minutes we've had on the podcast, but I'm glad I said no, Oh, I don't know. know. I think Pia has love stories, you know, right up there. But yeah. um, oh. we'll continue that next week. You'll see whether he's fallen in love with me because that's it. And a lovely boat. Brian, yeah. just between you and me. Yep. 
I mean, we've both got nominations for terrible minutes of this podcast. Yes, that's right. That cockamamie story about some good looker calling him Kevin good looking. <laughs> that's a nomination as well. Yeah, because that's kid. straight out of fantasy. Go island. and get stuffed up here. Yeah, the other yeah, thing was a dwarf. No, the other thing right. was a dwarf in a plane. <laughs> yeah, no, look, you're right. I'd forgotten about that finally. But, you know, Kevin has wasted everybody's time on tonight's podcast as well with this bullshit about how chicks have fallen all over the joint over him. No, oh, uh, by the way, speaking of a dwarf in a plane, <laughs> oh, I'm getting another tattoo tomorrow. Uh, of a dwarf in a plane. No, no, no. No, another. Of a, it, it's one of those World War II style aeroplanes. Oh, nice. Of a, it's of a, a girl riding a bomb. A you know, girl? A oh, bomb. yeah, 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 yeah. What, like, Cher did with the clip for a... Like an Anola Gay sort of World yeah, War II yeah. bomber yeah. art. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's bomber art. See, Brian... Speaking of dwarfs, just before we go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was listen- I was listening to Bill Burr. Oh, God, he's... My favourite. At- my favourite. He's great. And he was talking about... Pedophiles, which you're not allowed to call pedophiles anymore because that might upset them. So they're uh, minority attracted people, apparently. They're matched. Anyway, he's saying, well, you know, if it's an addiction, well, it's like heroin. You know, you go to the heroin clinic and you, um, you know, they put you on methadone and sort of ease you out of it. And he said, well, we've got to get these maps for these pedophiles in there. We say, okay, we're going to start you off with some dwarfs. Oh, stop it. <laughs> we're going to oh, we're gonna pay the dwarfs. We're going to be consensual, dress them up in a little outfit. No, <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what I was listening to. I watched, I watched his Red Rock show the other night and uh, my face was aching for about an hour afterwards. <laughs> and, and I can oh, tell you, I've watched. All five series now of F is for Family. I don't know if you've watched it. No. Well, that's his animated series. Oh, okay. Oh, you got to watch it. It's fantastic. Okay. F is for Family. I'll check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, he's out there. Yeah. He's a lunatic. You yeah. two lunatics, that's it. We've got to go. All uh, right. I'm going to start off with some dwarf. Until <laughs> you stop it, Brian. Thank you, Brian Mannix. Uh, we'll talk to you thank next you. week. Thank you, Mark Fine. Remember the extended hours at Lenny's, not the extended hours of the podcast. The extended hours at Lenny's there can uh, get you you get your good stuff a little later on. Don't start with the oh, dwarfs. Yeah, right. Don't have the dwarf soup. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Fine. It's called, it's called short soup. Yeah, short sure, soup. Whoops. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> See you, boys. Have a good week. What do I get if I order a long black? (laughs) (laughs) The lead singer of Boney M. Um, Ah, with the the cheese cut out. Fantastic. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, 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 all right. Bye, boys. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.